0: Thanks to your support, The Productive Woman, The Audacity to Podcast, and Once, Once Upon a Time podcast, our finalists in the 11th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Thank you very much. Please show your continued awesomeness by voting for our podcast every day, May 29th through June 12th. For quick instructions, our endorsements, and voting reminders, please go to noodle.mx slash podcast awards. And thank you for your amazing support. The Productive Woman, Episode 91. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm so glad you're here. In this episode, I am going to share with you my conversation with podcast pro and yoga pro, Elsie Escobar, who shared her thoughts on getting a handle on your life using tools that work for you. You'll find information about Elsie and links to tools she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 91. And now let's get right into my conversation with Elsie. I'm really pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Elsie Escobar. Elsie and I met online via our shared interest in podcasting, and she's way more of a pro at it than I am. But I've enjoyed getting to know her a bit and have really appreciated her perspective on a lot of things and I thought you would enjoy hearing from her so I've, I've been really looking forward to talking with her and introducing her to you so welcome Elsie hi thank you for having me on your show oh well it's my pleasure and my privilege so I'm really excited about this I way back I don't know if you even remember this way back in my when I was getting ready for my 25th episode you know I invited people to submit little blurbs and tips for productivity and you sent one that was really cool and that I used in the show and uh, I've been wanting ever since then to get you on the show and and to to talk a little bit about some of the things that you said and now that I'm approaching uh, episode 100 it's just about time oh my goodness Wow yeah. so what I'd like to do you know we talk about on this show about how women um, manage their own busy lives. And, and I always think it's kind of helpful to have a little bit of context for that, for the kinds of things somebody, you know, that the guest, you in this case, does to stay productive. So could you start maybe by telling us a little bit about, if there is such a thing, what a typical day might be like for you? Oh, my. Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. So um, usually I get up, I've been getting up now. This is like a, a big transition actually of this as, as of this year, but I get up somewhere between six and seven in the morning. So it depends on what my internal clock is at that time. And during that time, I wake up and I do a, a couple of little like ritual practices that I've been trying to kind of work on. Uh, they include either all or some of this uh, taking a walk Meditation, pranayama, which is uh, breathing exercises, journaling, planning the day. So journaling plus uh, bullet journaling. Mm -hmm. And I drink uh, hot water while this is happening. And so that's kind of how I start my day. That usually takes about an hour and a half or so, something along those lines. And that's why I, I remove something. So it depends on what's going on. Uh, sometimes I also practice yoga, like the actual physical practice. So then I would do postures as well. And then I work for about two hours, probably end up um, to around 10 or nine thirty, ten o'clock or something like that. And at that time, then I take care of my baby girls um, which and they are four and seven years old. Mm-hmm. Then I do the um, breakfast stuff, I give them breakfast, um, you know, kind of plan out perhaps maybe a little bit of their because we homeschool as well. a little bit of the homeschooling stuff that we're gonna do in the afternoon. I get prepared for it because usually I do with the majority of my podcast interviews or any other kind of business type meetings sometime between 12, 1 and two o'clock ish because that's just what works for me. And then after I'm done that, because that's another kind of chunk of little bit of work or podcast recording, I go find my, my girls are either downstairs or playing outside or something like that, because we live up in the mountains, like way up high in the mountains. And there's really nobody around us very much, except our neighbors. So they're, they've got the freedom of going outside to play. Nice. Then I go, so I go get them and then they have lunch I make lunch. I have lunch. And after lunch, we do a mutual homeschooling slash work time. So sometimes the work that we're doing for homeschooling, they can do themselves. So I'm kind of there monitoring what they're doing. And there's other times where I don't work. I'm just with them, teaching them stuff, whatever that might be. After that's done, then I make dinner and do all the kind of dinner-related activities. And then I do another couple of hours after that of work for myself. And then we go to sleep. And so hopefully, like right now, we're asleep by around 10 o'clock. Everybody.
0: Yeah. So And so so it's a pretty full day. And the kind of work that you're doing is related to podcasting, both for yourself and for you work with Libsyn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I do the majority of the
1: work. Well, it's kind of three different things for She Podcasts. I do a lot of podcasting related activities and things like that with my partner, Jessica Cufferman. We uh, have clients that we work with together. I also have clients that I work with as well, just independently. These are all usually podcasting-related clients slash things for me could include a little bit more of a holistic kind of thing. Sometimes I get voice clients, people that work uh, with me with their voice or yoga clients or something along those lines a little bit more on the podcast development and strategy rather than how to podcast stuff. Mm -hmm. And then for Lipson, I am their social media community manager. So I run all of the social media as well as produce uh, and host the feed, the official Lipson podcast. So I do all of those things and also go back and forth with podcasters. Kind of like the liaison. I'm sort of like the liaison for podcasters, voices, and community building for Libsyn. So I'm kind of like always on, <laughs> over on that side of things.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, you really you have such an interesting mix of interests and talents and abilities. Because I know you you used to teach yoga. Is that right? Yeah, I actually still do. I had a oh. client come up here just.
1: I think, was it yesterday? Yeah. Was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah, it was yesterday. They all run in together. Um, yeah, he came up here and we did a, a private class for about yeah. an hour or so, and so it just you, makes me so happy.
0: So you've got expertise in that. You've got social media skills, mad social media skills, <laughs> and podcasting expertise, both on the sort of producing and the and the business side of it for people that want to build a business around a podcast or use a podcast in their business. So you have a lot of, lot of things that you're juggling plus a family. Yes. Plus the homeschool part. Of yeah. Things. Plus, plus, plus the homeschool. Like, yeah. Yeah. I homeschooled our kids for 10 years back in the day. So, you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things, at least for me, it was a joy, but it was a lot of work. You
1: know. Yes, it
0: is a lot of work, uh,
1: and right now it really isn't so much. I think the the work itself, like I keep, I always keep thinking, like oh, it's just about the teaching, but for at this moment, it's it's a little bit more challenging because you know my little one is four and my older one is seven. And when they're together, sometimes they need to say things out loud when they need to read instructions or directions. And maybe one needs help and then the other one can't concentrate because I'm talking to her and I can't really split them up and I'm not going to be going in two different rooms. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a challenge right now because everybody kind of needs their own space, but they I can't give it to them.
0: So. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. When people that choose to homeschool, at least in my experience, are doing it for a lot of reasons, but mostly because they think it's best for their children. And so you you care about that and you want to do a good job. You want to provide them with what they need, but uh, balancing the needs of two or more kids, as a lot of people do, that are at different stages of development. That's the hard part. They're young, probably. I mean, yeah. the academics isn't difficult at this stage, but they're young and they need your, you know, your attention. Yeah, that's what I found most challenging. <laughs> yeah. So talking about challenges and, you know, this is a productivity podcast. So what I've found is everybody's life is a little different and presents different kinds of challenges as far as staying productive, however you want to define that term and getting the things done that really matter. You know, for some of us, it's managing our time. For some of us, it's learning to say no. For some, it's, uh, you know, organizing our stuff. What would you say for you personally are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing what's obviously a very full and, and busy life? I think
1: that um, as I've been looking, because I'm constantly working on that, you know, and there's times when you do a really big restock. And I actually, I just did that because... I was feeling like I was running out of control, you know, that where it was like I had no vision of what needed to get done. I was simply dealing with things as they appeared to me. And I kind of went back to see what the biggest cause really here. And for me, it was that I was at a state of pure reaction. Like I was just being reactionary to everything that was happening. And I was dealing with things as they came to me, sort of like answer this email, respond to this tweet. Everything was all about like, oh, I have to record right now. Like there was no sense of vision or to Mm -hmm. see what was coming because I always felt like I was at the last moment going, oh my God, that's due tomorrow, you know? And I'm actually good like that, both Jess and I, which I think it's our asset and liability at the same time because we are really good under pressure and we really can deliver. Like there's something that really works for us whenever we are under the gun. And because we're good at it, we sometimes slack on other things, right? But I myself was not getting in front of it for a long time. And that I feel was the biggest, it it is, it continues to be the biggest challenge, but I don't feel quite as overwhelmed as I was before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's something, you know, I've talked about that on recent episodes and partly because it's just something I've been thinking about a lot, that it's possible to be really, really busy and not productive because if you think of productivity in the sense of uh, moving in a direction you want to go, but if you haven't had the time or the space to take that step back and figure out, well, wh- where is it I'm trying to go? What's the big picture here? Then you do really get into that reactionary mode of just dealing with whatever's making the most noise at the moment and maybe not getting where you want to go. Cause you haven't, you, you just haven't taken the time to think about that.
1: Absolutely. And that's exactly what was going on with me, you know. Yeah. And I I needed to nip that in the bud because I think the one of the things that I talked to you about when I sent in the the voice feedback for your 25th anniversary episode, your 25th one. Um it had to do with you know how sometimes the tools aren't necessarily the solution. Right. And that's what I I kept seeing for myself because there were many different times when I found out about certain productivity tools or certain apps or certain workflows that actually I've kept and they really work really well. And then there's been other ones where hard you know, try as I want and and can, I might, they are just not working. You know, I'm not going to use them. It doesn't work with my physical life, like with the things that are already part of my routine, the things that are already easier to do, because we tend to add this extra thing that is completely foreign to our workflow. And in doing so, we are disrupting just the the way that we are already used to doing things. And I feel that for me, doing the stuff that aligns already with the way that my lifestyle is,
0: is more apt for me to follow through with it. Yeah. So, yeah. And just, there's a temptation for those of us who are trying to get a lot of things accomplished, you know, have big dreams, big goals, big projects that we're working on. And we hear about some tool that somebody else is using and think, oh, okay, well, they rave about it. It must, that's going to solve my problem. But you're, you're, you know, but it's not, it's not necessarily, you can't just sort of paste somebody else's solution onto your life and think it's going to work right, or think that it's going to work the way it does for them.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of the tools themselves also necessitate you taking time with them. And what I found for the type of work that I wanted to do, there were many times when the app itself required a lot more time for me to set it up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that. I felt that that was wasted time. I, I honestly was like, well, if I figure this out, am I actually going to use it? And because the, there were many times myself where I had set it up, but I've spent time setting up the app, not using it. Yes. <laughs> and then when I was done, I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to use this. And then it was like all of this wasted time. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's was that been a challenge for me.
0: <laughs> I'm a nerd about that stuff anyway. And so it's always a temptation for me to fiddle with some tool or app or something. That's a, for for me probably the best way to procrastinate doing the stuff i really need to be doing. Yes, absolutely. No, i i
1: hear you. And now one of the key reasons i now feel more ahead of it is because i really sat down, you know, i started actually meditating on this stuff like just sitting down and kind of thinking about How to shift, right? Because I didn't even do it. I didn't do it at that time. I was just thinking, how is this going to shift? Because I couldn't handle it anymore, you know? Uh, And it was somewhere right around September, October, November. So it was like last fall. And it it really was brought to a head because my girls were getting sick. There was lots of, you know, tons of, of mucus, tons of coughing. I was sick. Things I felt like I couldn't get things done, you know, when you have children sick. And I, it just seemed like everything was piling up. And I was like, I will not have this anymore. This is not okay. I need to get a hold of this stuff. I am in, you know, I'm in pain. I feel like I'm not myself. I, I don't feel strong. I feel weak. I can't focus. And then I have these kids that are sneezing and, you know, and and it was just too much. So part of it was like a really big, huge shift to take care of myself, to really go back to the basics of being able to figure out how I can get myself healthy. Because I had, I'm had i the only one that can do that, really. Yeah. So it became really simply for me right at the beginning about sleeping. And that's it. It was just really about sleeping, trying to find a way to get a little more rest. And then it became about having That time that I'm telling you about that now I have where I get on my mat or I take a walk and I sit down and meditate and I sit down and breathe because I teach this stuff to my clients, right? But of course, I had lost track with that. And and so it was one of these things where it was like, I cannot teach or I cannot continue to take the seat of the teacher without me practicing. I cannot do that anymore. It just feels horrible. So I decided I'm going to be my own student and I will do what I tell them to do. So I would do that. And it was real slow going. I'm not talking like, it's not like, you know, okay, now I'm going to do an hour and a half of yoga. It was like, put the mat out, sit on the mat. (laughs) It was like (laughs) step one, you know, and it took, and it was, and I gave myself permission to take it to that level, to the level of, I will do a pose today. I will not judge. I will not judge as a yoga teacher what I'm supposed to be doing because I know how to do it. Yeah. So I did, and I will breathe calmly for five minutes. That is it. Like I, I didn't put any other expectations around that other than I did it. And slowly it started to kind of build on itself from the fall to a place now where I can very easily, like I shifted our times to go to sleep, I shifted our times to wake up, and now everything seems so much more aligned and it feels better. Yeah. So that was just the beginning of getting a place, you know, for me to work through this.
0: Well, and it's so great that you saw that and you saw a way and you gave yourself permission to take those very small steps to sort of, it's almost like they create the wedge to get that into your routine, even if it's yes. just five minutes, and you can build from that. Because Whereas if we, we talk about these sorts of things that the it always happens at the beginning of the year, people set these big resolutions. Oh, I'm going to go to the gym for two hours a day, and that works one day, and then they're dead the next day. I mean, they can't yeah, move, exactly. and they never exercise again because... Yep. So much better to give yourself permission to say, you know what, I'm going to do, I don't know, one crunch today because I haven't done anything for the last six months. So I'm going to do, you know, whatever, or I'm going to walk for five minutes or, you know, do one yoga pose if that's what you do. But to start to make a place for those habits that you need to be healthy and centered and uh, feel good about the life you're making. And I mean, that to me, at least, that's what being a productive woman or man, for that matter, is all about. Exactly. And I, you know, part of it is that my mind was always,
1: and and I use it as an excuse as well as something that really did need to be done. But usually it was like, okay, if there's any room for breathing or any room of space, it was like, oh, I have to work. I have to get in front of the computer. And I knew that at that time, I was just getting in front of the computer and I was putting my hand on that because I have a MacBook Air, so I was just putting it on the little, you know, the little mouse pad thingy, majigger right in front of it, or whatever you call that. I'm putting my hand on there and moving it, moving it around, just scrolling, scrolling. Look, going this way, going that way, scrolling, scrolling, looking, looking, tab, tab, open, open, look, look. You know, and I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. It looks like I'm doing stuff, but I couldn't even focus. So. My next step, you know, after doing what I told you that I, I, I did, the, the next step was to really address the underlying problem that I felt that I needed to really get a hold of. And that was my brain, mm. that my brain was not helping me. My brain was moving too fast. My brain had set up certain pathways of behavior like I have to have my cell phone in my hand and I need to move my thumb and scroll and look at stuff. You know, I found myself doing that while I was recording podcast interviews. I found myself doing that while I was in the car and I I wasn't doing anything on the phone. I was just, cause that's now what my normal was. Mm. And so it was sort of like this understanding that something was going on with the way that I could not settle down. And to this day, that's what I think about every time that I make a choice. It's like, is this going to accentuate my existing patterns of having such a busy brain, or is this going to help me start to break those patterns? And that's how I kind of make my choices around what practice I do in the morning, what I'm resisting in the morning. And that's why I took it out of the sort of the digital realm because I had built all of this habitual patterns around my technology that were not productive. Yeah. And and I couldn't break them because it was like, it's sort of, I mean, I, I don't want to make this like so negative, but it's like, you know, if you're like trying to, you know, quit drinking and you go to the, hang out the bar and you're like, okay, I'm not going
0: to drink. I'm not, but it just makes it so much harder if you're at the bar. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. And when you're trying to create those new, I mean, you, you could get into all the science of it, but when you're trying to create those new neural pathways, you've got to make a change. You know? Exactly. And so my biggest change was to
1: take things a little bit on the analog side, which I had never done. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, other than, you know, before I got my computer. Yeah, of course, I was doing analog stuff. But once I got my computer, and once I found the Apple ecosystem, I'm a, I was obsessed, you know, the, the, it can do everything. I don't have to do anything. What do you mean write it down? What do you do? You know, I'm not going to use a sticky note, you know, <laughs> like everything There's was an like, app
0: for that. But
1: there's an app for that. Exactly. And so that's how I've, I, that's what I did. And what ended up happening at the end of basically during that, that whole transition... I naturally started to there was you know there's a couple of days that we go into town Tuesdays and Thursdays we have some homeschooling in town which is like just like co-op type things like you know classes that are supported in town and so we would go into town and there was a lot of preparation that I had to do to go into town so I started to instead of putting everything in either in my head or on my iPhone I decided to start to write a list every time that we left in the morning or actually the night before of all the things that I needed to get done in the morning so that we can take it all. And that began my list building, written list building stuff. So I had an actual notebook and I would check everything off. Even, you know, everything was checked off. And what I ended up doing is every Tuesday and Thursday, I basically rewrote the same list because it's the same stuff. And and I found such joy from just writing the list down the same list, yeah. minus one or two other extra things and me checking them off that it helped me feel more at ease because I didn't have to keep it in my head. And it also made me feel different because I wasn't carrying my phone because carrying my phone already has a different connotation to it. So it helped me a lot. And then from then on, I just, I, you know, I found, I don't know if you know about bullet journaling, but that's kind of where I am now. And it's given me sort of like the tool that I'm like, Oh, this one feels just like everything I wanted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, I've seen a lot of articles and, and a lot of people talking about bullet journaling. I've, I've read some of the articles and there's something very appealing about it. I'm still in the sort of the digital world in terms of yeah. my task manager and stuff, but I really like what I see. And I, it seems to me like, bullet journaling, and we'll put some links in the show notes, Yeah, maybe a couple articles or something that people can look at to get information. But it seems to me that it would be particularly appealing to people that have sort of an artistic bent. I love the Pinterest photos that I see in the articles and stuff where people have this great calligraphy and everything. And I think, well, mine probably wouldn't look like that.
1: Well, you know, yeah, because I've seen, I saw some of those, you know, and it wasn't that that called my attention so much. It actually was because I think I saw one of the, I'm not even sure how I went down this rabbit hole, to be honest. I don't have no idea how I found out about it. Like, I don't remember the time, but it had been somewhere in my subconscious. And then I, again, it came back up again and I thought, well, I'm going to just follow You know, I saw somebody on Instagram put a a picture up of their bullet journaling and I'm like, well, I want to know what this really is. And then I ended up on the bullet journal website, which is just bulletjournal.com. And when I saw the website and the video, I was like, this is it. Mm. This This is it. Because it's so clean. It's so simple. It's so doable. And I studied for about a month. About bullet journaling, like I saw ex- exactly what you saw, Laura, when you saw thinking of, of the calligraphy. I'm like, I don't do calligraphy. I, I could barely do handwriting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know i've I haven't done that in a while, so but it's made me try and attempt it a couple times, you know, but I researched a lot. I read articles about it. I read about the workflows that go with bullet journaling. I saw the the way that people were setting it up. And I started to think like, well, that works for me. Well, that doesn't look like that's going to work at all. Oh, that's really interesting. So I did a lot of watching videos. I did a lot of reading articles of people talking about the process. And then finally, I dove in. But when I dove in, I, I already had a framework. Yeah. And so when one of the reasons that I like it a lot is because I have also found that, you know, when you do use apps on a computer or on the phone, you align with the app. You have to learn how the app works. You have to basically learn all of the hacks within the app. And there are certain constraints that the app gives you that you have to kind of adhere to, whereas the bullet journal is more of a framework around very simple concepts. And so it's not rigid. It's sort of like when you walk into it and you feel like, well, I don't want to do a daily page. I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it three days at a time. That's great for me. So you can do that.
0: Yeah. And that's what I've seen is that it's, there are lots of different ways that people use that one tool and it's very flexible and very adaptable to the way mm-hmm. you think and the way your life is. And so I could see how it would be a really useful tool. Like, like I said, I've been kind of looking at it and thinking, hmm, could I set aside all my toys and try that for a while? So. Well, you, but I have to say this though there are some things that I w-
1: will not let go of, like Google Calendar. I, mm-hmm. I can't let go of Google Calendar. I mean, that's like, there's, that's one thing that bullet journaling doesn't do very well is future planning. Yeah. So let's say, you know, like right now we're in, you know, in the middle of the of 2016, if I have something that is coming up on, you know, February 2017 that I'm planning, I would have to be very deliberate at making sure or creating a spread, which is that's kind of how what you call it in the bullet journal community creating spreads that are around that event so that it you can keep it with you and there are some hacks to doing future planning but that's kind of where it falls yeah. um you know so i do have my my google calendar uh, absolutely and then you know there's workflows that we do with planning at work and things like that, where I, we use Trello a lot, Basecamp, you know, things like that, that email, of course, going back and forth and trying to figure out collaboration. Or even when I work with clients as well, I use certain, obviously online tools to be able to do that. But the everyday, it's the day-to-day sort of like monthly planning, visioning kind of thing, and being able to understand if you're really productive or you're really getting your goals the ones that you want to get done by the end of the month or to see what you've done. So that's when it starts to work. And it really is in the simplicity of being able to do it fast. So it's Mm -hmm. functional planning. It's not like I'm sitting there doing calligraphy because I don't. I mean, there's a certain level of artistry to what I'm doing for myself, but it's not like, oh my God, she's so, she's so fancy. Like there's none of that stuff. Yeah. And then really the key is speed. It's the speed in which you can distill and capture all these different types of data really fast on your notebook. And that's what's been helping me.
0: Well, and at the end of the day, it's really about finding the the tool or the system or whatever or modifying the tool or the system to work for you. You know, I thought you made a really good point a minute ago about how, and I, anybody who listens to this show knows I love me some apps and I love, you know, I love my iPhone and all that, all that stuff. But you're absolutely right. You have to, a greater or lesser extent, depending on the app, you have to adapt to it. huh. It's set up to work the way it works. And, you know, they all have various features that let you adapt it to some degree, but it's not the same as a notebook that you can literally make it do and say whatever you want it to say and you can turn it sideways if you want to and you know work from back to front or you know use whatever color you want. and so I can see some real value there. The bottom line, I think to being productive in the sense that I talk about on this show, which is not about getting lots of stuff done, it's about you know making a life that matters to you. Uh-huh. And to be productive in that sense, it's about finding what works for you and whatever that is, is okay. Absolutely. And believe me, I mean, I, as
1: of now, it's been working for me and I, I love it simply because it also morphs. And that's another thing. It's like it becomes what you need at the time that you need it. Mm. And that's like something that's really resonated with me because it there's also a a certain level of guilt that happens when you don't finish, like let's say other journals or other calendars or the physical calendars or something like that. When you forget to to fill things in, there's a level of guilt that happens when you do that. You know, it's (laughs) like, oops, I forgot to do that. And then you feel like you're falling behind and then it becomes like, "Oh," and then you don't want to do it anymore. So this can do what you want it to do. And so it has become both my place where I am productive and I future do things like I will be doing this tomorrow. And these are the tasks that need to get done, as well as a logging, a place where I log. So it can both be like, this is my task list. And at the same time, I can keep a log of things that have happened. Yeah. And I think that is, I don't know why that marriage is the thing that really resonates with me, because part of the reason that I felt like I was always behind is because I couldn't remember yesterday. I couldn't remember when the last time was that I add whatever that is. And, you know, like, I, like a very simple thing, the last time that I cut my girl's fingernails, mm-hmm. you know, that's like something that obviously it's not a real important thing, but there comes a point when you're like, oh my God you need to cut those fingernails, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's usually it was very reactive. So now I can at least see, oh, it's been a couple of weeks. Oh, it's been, oh my God, it's been a month, you know, or whatever, where I can really see that. And that makes me feel good. And yeah, can you do that in a Google calendar? Yeah, but that's not usually what it's for. Can you do it in something like an app like day one, which I adore as well? You can, but then when you open it, you have to search for that. Whereas if I have my notebook, I can visual, I can actually, I have a place where you track all these, like you can have it, you have a tracker and that's my tracker. I have a tracker that I can see when I've done what, when of the things that are important for me to track. Yeah. So um, that's been helpful to me.
0: Well, yeah, it sounds like it's been just the right tool for you at just the time you needed it to sort of get things in, in control. What other sorts of things? Now, I know that you and Jessica work very closely together on the She Podcast stuff and you're consulting in various things, but you, you don't live anywhere near each other, do you? No, we don't. We don't. And so are there tools that you guys use to kind of coordinate your work or are you just on the phone all the time? Or <laughs> We
1: use, I know, it's really sad. She's like the only person that I use um, Facebook Messenger with. Oh. So we message, we, at, of all places, we use Facebook. We <laughs> use Facebook Messenger to do our like tab, like, you know, when we contact each other or whatever, that's yeah. what we use. We don't use text. It's bizarre, but that's what we use, you know, and it's, um, sometimes it gets unruly because sometimes we'll share, she'll share an image. Like she just sent an image to me via um, Facebook Messenger. And sometimes it's harder to go back. To find those images, because that's just not the right app to be searching for stuff and going back and seeing conversations. Totally get that. But then we do a lot of that stuff. We do, we've do we done collaboration in Google Docs. You know That's how we used to do our show notes. Um, but now we've moved to using Trello for our show notes. And so what we do is we have a list. I don't know if I'm sure you've talked about Trello before.
0: I haven't Somewhere. talked about it a lot, but I've certainly looked at it, and there's it's okay. a it's a pretty cool tool for that kind of collaboration,
1: yeah, so it's basically a collaborative tool. It's very visually appealing for people uh The whole concept is that you have a lot of cards you know, little cards, and then every card is sort of like underneath a list. But what's really neat about Trello is that every card can be like its own entire document. So you can make it as simple as making a card saying, let's say, um, walking through the workflow of how we do our podcast now would be like, you know, episode 97 would be a card that w- would just be like the title. <laughs> and then it would be like air, you know, recording on date, airing on date. And then that would be a different card so that I know that in that way I can set them all out and I know when it's airing or whatever. And then I add a card for the sponsors. So we have a sponsor. We have two sponsors for the show currently. So we have our sponsor cards. And then all the information about these sponsors are inside the card because in the description, you could add links, you can add pictures, you can add text lists, all kinds of links to other docs and things like that, each little card. And then we just start to add whatever comes into our minds about things that we need to discuss. Sometimes it's as simple as let's just talk about when you know moms podcasting in the winter time. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and then that would be like the name of the card, or we see an article that comes up, and then we would just add the link, you know, the title and the link, and then that way we can move. And those are movable. Each one of those cards is movable, so. I go in there and then I construct the show by moving, you know, we'll start with this. This is the opening. We have to make sure we talk about these things and then we'll move into our first sponsor break and then we'll do. And then I just visually put it up there. And that way it becomes really easy for us to kind of talk through it because also it's in real time. So we can collaborate at the same time while we're looking at the cards. And what I found to be lovely too, is that There are segments, obviously, that carry from podcast episode to podcast episode. So then I just grab that little card, especially like our sponsors. I grab the sponsor card and I just put it on next week's episode. In that way, it's already started. So it's been very lovely for us to work on Trello. I've been very impressed by how much easier it is for both of us to collaborate rather than Google Docs because I've been using Google Docs for so long. I thought that there wasn't anything better. (laughs) But for now, that's working for us. I still use it for my other show. I still use Google Docs. I don't think I can get my co-host to use Trello. But, you know, it's fine.
0: <laughs> well, in Trello, I the way I envision it, it's sort of like a digital version of having like a bulletin board on your wall with a bunch of index cards that have, yeah yeah kind of and you uh-huh. can move them around and put them in the order that you want them to be. And, you know, when I've played around in Trello, I really have liked it, that aspect of it that you can just kind of drag and drop things to where you need to be. And so I can see how it would be. And I've thought about as I get more people working with me on stuff related to the productive woman, that Trello would be a tool that I might want to use for that sort of thing.
1: Uh, let me just really quickly tell you something else too that I've been using for Trello because it's kind of like the same, well, I'm not sure if that's what you meant in terms of the production of but I started to use Trello and I got Jessica using it with me for our private clients. Mm. So what it's really great is that I create a Trello board for every client that I have. And then we split it up into, we have a very thorough, well, like if somebody wants to work with us, we have a very thorough intake sheet before we even work with them and part of it is because we want people to be to seriously want to work with us and to really put their best foot forward i mean we ask a lot of questions so it's not an easy form it's not like you know how do you score in a pod, in your podcast production it really is not like that it's really more about them to know them more like we want to know what their existing tech is you know you know what their podcast is what the description is what their websites are what they're using like that kind of stuff like what their troubles are all of that we ask. And then that way, whenever I get that, I create basically a list around the information that they put out. And that way we can both visually see, oh, they're using a Mac, they have an iPhone, and they're using these microphones, and they're using this. And that way we can start the conversation so far forward. And since they meet with me, and then they meet with Jess, I can put all the notes and everything that we talked about inside of that Trello board. And that way, when Jessica is ready, she can come in there and she can see what we talked about. Nice. She can see that the to-dos that we've done, the, the homework that I've given the podcaster, and then she can take that into wherever else. Or if there's anything design related, I usually will tag her and say, like, you need to talk to Jessica about this. And then I can tag her inside of the card and then she can refer back to it. And then there can be a conversation around that card and it's all inside. So it's been really great because then we can just see everybody's information right there and it's awesome. So yes, didn't mean to interrupt.
0: (laughs) No, no. I mean, I just think that's great. It's not a tool I've talked about a lot on the show and I can, as you're describing how you use it, my mind's kind of going off on the different ways People could use it for different activities or projects or whether it's a business or I mean, even like PTA or, yeah, you know, any of those. Kind of, it, it's just a real good sort of project management slash collaboration slash communication tool. That's yeah. Definitely worth looking at for people who maybe feel like things are getting away from them.
1: And it's simple. I think that that's yeah. the other thing that's really great. It's simple. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it doesn't have too many complicated things. You can kind of figure it out. Once you understand the framework, again, once you understand the framework, you go like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay.
0: You do this with it. Or I <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. And uh, I mean, I feel like we could kind of talk forever about some of this stuff because I, it's, it's so fun. It's Well, yeah. And it's just interesting to me, all the things that you have going on and you really are, um, you come at things from a different perspective than I do or the and I love hearing how it's working for you. There's there's one particular question I ask every guest because I learned something from everyone and from their answer. And it's sort of a two parter and folks who listen to the show know that the first part's sort of a trick question. But okay. but but here's the question. Okay. You know, with all the stuff that you have going on and the systems that you have in place to manage it all and do you ever have a day when it just all gets away from you or you get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Ah, <sighs> well, I think that most of my conversation was just about that.
1: <laughs> well, yes, there are days that that happens. And I think that part of what I've learned is that um, it really always, you always have to come back to the basics or like what matters most, which is kind of what you keep Talking about with the productive woman, you know, yes, I have absolutely felt. There's been times where I feel like I didn't get this stuff done. I, I see the list, everything's there, and I just could not do it. And I, I beat myself up. You know, I didn't do it right. I have to push myself harder. And I have found that that is what I need to work on the most. Mm-hmm. That my first instinct is, I will not be beat. <laughs> I will survive. I will do it no matter what. I'll wake up five hours earlier to do this. And that's perhaps not the best choice. I need to cut myself some slack and chill <laughs> and then be able to, instead of waking up at seven in the morning or six 30 in the morning and waking up and going to the computer and starting to work right away, because that's my instinct, because that way, you know, I can get some stuff done before the girls come and wake up is to, get up and instead of doing that, sit down and do some meditation. Yeah, And I have to say that that's the, I mean, I'm preaching to my own choir here because I have, I have such a hard time doing it myself, but I, that's what I've been working on, really. It's my work to be able to choose that.
0: Well, I think that's a challenge for a lot of us. I What you're saying very much resonates with me because the busier I get, the more tempted I am to sort of, you know, wake up and grab my phone and start responding to emails or, you know, get right to work because you think, well, I've got all this stuff to do. I don't have time to meditate or I don't, but you really don't have time not to. I mean, yeah. it can make such a difference in how the day goes to take, even if it's just 15 minutes of, you know, just to kind of quiet yourself. That being said, I make the wrong choice some days. Wrong yeah. you know, and you just sort of shake it off and say, All right, well, you know, to coin a phrase from an old movie, tomorrow is another day. And, uh, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, where can people connect with you online, Elsie, if they want to learn more about what you're doing or I don't know, chat with you a little bit? Yeah, I think that you know
1: the best place is probably social media. Twitter and uh, Instagram are my favorite places to hang out right now. So usually Instagram is where you'll get like all the insight and all sort of like... I kind of use Instagram sort of like my blog.
0: Okay. Like
1: I'll put, you know, I'll picture up and then my captions are fairly in-depth. There's a lot of sharing (laughs) happening there, but it's usually... Very well thought out. So it's not like a random, like, look, this is what I'm eating today because this, yeah, there are yeah. some of those. The, the, some of those are there, but usually I do, it's it's a little bit more journaling slash blog, personal blog. So that's, I love Instagram. You can follow me there at yogiek, Yogeek, Y O G E E K. That's usually what I am in almost all social media and on Twitter, Yogeek as well. So those are the places that you can check me out. And if you want to listen to, you know, either of my podcasts, um, she Podcasts over at ShePodcast.com or The Feed, which is the official Libsyn podcast. And you can search for Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, uh, in iTunes, and you will see The Feed come up. So you yeah. can check those out.
0: And they're both great podcasts. I really enjoy she podcasts because you and Jessica just cracked me up. So, I, know. I mean, I usually learn things too, but right. it's sort of like your show really feels like I'm getting to sort of eavesdrop on a couple of really good friends having a <laughs> chat over coffee, even though you're, you know, nowhere in the vicinity of each other. So
1: yeah, no, it's fun. It's the best. It's so good.
0: Yeah. So before we go, do you have any last words for a listener who might be looking for help or a little encouragement in getting things done and and making a life that matters? Yeah, you know what? I just heard an interview on another podcast called The Fearless
1: Launching Show with Anne Samoylov. It's a great little podcast, very simple. And um, she just had Karan Bajaj on, and he's got a book coming out. And I've never heard of this guy before. He also is making the rounds out there, guys. So if you see Karan Bajaj, um, I forgot the name of his book because I would share it with you guys. I haven't read it. But his whole, like the conversation that they were having was around conscious goallessness. So instead of always having a goal, kind of being consciously not having a goal. So there was that. But then he said this and I was like, oh, that was, that was nice. He said, I don't believe that leaps of excellence can come without the slack. Mm. So I was like, oh yeah, the slack. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so it made me think i was like yeah absolutely i'm i'm there man i'm there with you he was a really really um interesting it was a very interesting conversation because he takes like um he goes away he takes sabbaticals like i think every four years or something like that he takes a year off Mm. is that not insane so then and i'm like what so it's really neat because he explains why and it really is about not doing it's about just being, it's about not having goals and not going on an adventure because you have it all planned out, but really to give yourself the space to be creative and, and to do things in new ways. And so um, I was like, wow. And he doesn't work for, I mean, it, you would think that he can, he's working for himself, but no, he actually works for companies, like actual corporations that are not like Zappos, who you would imagine, you know, Zappos would do something like that, but a little bit more straight up. So I was like, wow, he just asked and they give him a year
0: off. How cool is wow. that? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's an important thing to remember that being is more important than doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Elsie, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me.
1: Oh, absolutely. I loved it. Thank you for having me on.
0: I am so thankful to Elsie for taking the time to share her thoughts on how she manages her very busy life and for her great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Elsie? Was there anything that she said that particularly resonated with you or sparked some thoughts in you? We would love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out. There are a couple of ways that you can share your suggestions, your thoughts, your questions. If you want to share those publicly, you can do that in the comments section of the show notes for this episode which you find at theproductivewoman.com slash 91. And that's the digits, nine one. Or you can post a comment or a question on the Productive Woman's Facebook page, and I will be sure and see it. And if it's a comment or a question for Elsie, I'll make sure she sees it as well. And we will definitely respond. If you'd like to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. Or you can always leave a voice message by clicking the button either on the website or the Facebook page. And I will get those and be sure to respond to you. If you enjoyed this episode and are getting something out of The Productive Woman and would like to give back a little bit, the best way you can do that is to help spread the word. First of all, tell a friend. If you've got a friend who you think would enjoy what Elsie had to say, let her know about this episode. Show her how to find it, how to subscribe, and become part of the Productive Woman community. You can also share this episode or any other on social media. If you go to the show notes for any episode, on the website, you'll find sharing buttons for Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, or several others. And again, that's every episode, not just the newest. So if there's an, an episode that you particularly like, you can just click that button and share it You know, with your Facebook friends, your Twitter followers, anything like that. And finally, we'd love it if you would consider leaving a review of the show if you haven't done that before. There are links to subscribe or to rate and review in the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 91. Or you can also always go just to theproductivewoman.com slash iTunes. And that will take you right to where you can leave a, a few sentences of a review. I really appreciate when you do that. It helps other people find the show. And it helps give me a sense of whether I'm on track with the show. Well, that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Elsie. I hope you found something in this show that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very, very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.